Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. Lovely to be back recording. So Dr. Maureen and I, we've been pretty busy just doing a lot of things in our own personal lives with our aging parents, parent-in-laws. So we took a slight little break, but we are back now. And I just share this because sometimes in your mind, you have a way of thinking that things are going to go a certain way and they don't, but sometimes you have to pause and that is okay. But we are here. Um, So today, I wanted to talk about how to pick a medical school that is right for you. So um, in thinking about this, there's two parts to this process, right? First, there's that initial application process on deciding how many medical schools do I want to apply to? Well, in my case, I was limited due to finances, so um, I had to make the decision of only applying to 12 schools. And then secondly, if you are accepted to more than one school, then you have to decide from those where you want to go and spend the next four years of your life getting medical education. So just keep in mind, if the latter is not you or you're not in that position, that's okay. That was me. I didn't have to pick uh, from more than one medical school, unfortunately, but I still got in with one, which is absolutely okay. However, I think this is an important question for both scenarios in case you are here right now. Dr. Marina, how did you go, just thinking about the initial process, how did you go about choosing which medical schools you wanted to apply as a pre-med? And then how many did you apply to? So first of all, I think that everybody who is going through the process of applying freaks out because they hear on Student Doctor Network or some other forum or they hear from their friends who are pre-meds that they're applying to like 40 schools. And I remember going through that and hearing how other people were applying to like 25 or 30 schools or at the time 20 seemed like a lot. Mm -hmm. So even just hearing that people were applying to 20 schools, I felt like I had to do the same thing. Now, there is some truth to that. I do think that depending on the strength of your application, you do need to consider that. If you have a lower GPA, lower MCAT score, um, you're going to have to apply to more schools just to increase your chances and not just MD schools, but probably DO schools as well. If you have an excellent GPA, an excellent MCAT, and you have a ton of activities, research, volunteer, clinical, all that, then you probably can get away with applying to five to 10 schools in some cases. Now, the average applicant is going to be safer with 20 schools. And so I think back in the day, that's what I settled on. I think I applied to around 20 schools. I don't remember the exact number. But one of the situations or one of the factors in my situation was that I did have a lower GPA because I had struggled my first two years of college in those science courses, like I've talked about before. So I had to really consider that. Luckily, my MCAT was good enough to kind of compensate for that. And then also, my husband, we were married at the time. (laughs) I'll have to confess, we got married way too young. But we're still together. So it worked out. But we met in college, and he wanted to become a marine biologist. And I wanted to go the doctor route. So it was even more complicated in our situation because we were basically trying to couples match. Like we were trying to 
have both of us stay in the same city. And because of his field of marine biology, I had to choose all the coastal schools. (laughs) So (laughs) California, uh, Washington, Oregon, Florida, New York, Boston. So that's kind of like where we applied jointly. So I was limited. I couldn't really take us to Utah at the time because of his career. (laughs) So yeah, but I I applied to about 20 schools and it was a nerve wracking process like it was and choosing the schools, of course, for me, it was easy. Like let's choose all the coastal schools where there would be an option for him as well. But that was tricky too, because, you know, certain state schools, for example, if you're out of state, they won't really consider you. So Florida, I didn't hear back because they're very selective about choosing Florida residents. So I had to think more of like UC schools, but then in other states, more private institutions. You know, it's funny when you say that because I was so clueless as a pre-med that I didn't even consider that how many schools I need to apply based on my GPA and MCAT. Like I was totally just focused, like, what can I afford? (laughs) Uh And, you know, retrospectively, I'm like, I didn't have, you know, I I struggled too in undergrad. So had a good GPA, but not good compared to a lot of students. Um, I struggled with the MCAT as well. So I did okay. I didn't have great. And I probably should have applied to more schools, you know, thinking back. But yeah, well, hindsight Uh, is 20-20. And I do see... A lot of students making that same mistake even today, thinking like, oh, well, I really want to stay in Southern California, so I'm just going to apply to like the Southern California schools. If you are a really strong applicant, okay, fine, do that. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, it's not a safe bet to do that. You really need to think more carefully the strength of your application, given that this is such a competitive process. Yeah. So it sounds like it's more of a complex if you're thinking about One, I think a lot of us, especially um, first-generation students, finances is always up front for us. But I think what Dr. Marina brings in, um, I did not have any mentorship or guidance, I think is great for you to hear that you might have to apply more because you might have suffered a little bit with your GPA or your MCAT score is not that high. So don't do what I did. (laughs) Don't make that mistake. But again, uh, you guys can always reach out to us through our website and we can try to help guide you in that sense if that's an issue because it is costly. So, and we get that part too. Like I just looked up, so there's 158 U.S. medical schools per the AAMC. And for this upcoming year, when you apply, the first school is $175 and each additional school is $45. Then you have to think about the secondary applications, which is about $100 each. So Dr. Marina and I, we get this. So um, if you do reach out to us, we are considering this as well, along with just increasing your chances of getting in and increasing that probability. So whether you have no financial limitation or if you are like me, it's still hard to decide which medical school. And it's really confusing and can be stressful, as Dr. Marina said. So first of all, one of the things, and I think Dr. Marina alluded to this, is When you're thinking about it, you're thinking about, should I apply to a DO school and D school or both? Okay. And exactly. Considering all of this is where you find yourself that you want to be in as a medical student. And then also considering what's my GPA, what's my MCAT score, and seeing where you can increase your chances of getting in. Also, um, another important key factor, which Dr. Marina also brought up, is um, in-state versus out-of-state. Some states do have a preference to keep students within state, okay? So you do want to look at that 
when you're choosing, if it's going to be 20 medical schools that you're choosing, you want to consider that, you know, dig in a little bit deeper, do your research. The other thing as well, it just varies from school to school, is the size of the class. So of course, if a class is larger, your probability will likely be better, but that might not be a personal preference of yours. You might want to stick with the more of a smaller type or medium-sized class. So that's also something else that you want to consider. And location, location, location. Dr. Marina had a reason for location because of her husband. For other students, it might be because of family. There are medical students who are or pre-meds who are applying, who are married and who have children or their kids are in school. So they're also looking at that as well. So um, you have to consider the location if, you're, if it's going to work for you. The other thing too, though, honestly, is you have limited free time when you're in medical school and you want to be in a place where you feel like you can do something that will fulfill you when you do have that free time. So if you're an outdoorsy person, kind of probably want to live somewhere that's more outdoorsy. If you want to live in the city, then you're kind of picking schools that are more in the city. So it really just depends on you. Mm -hmm. And along that is also access to transportation. There are some cities that have great public transportation, so you don't have to worry about having a car or anything, right? But other places, you need a car. You depend on a car. So that's something else that you want to consider as well as you're making that decision. Okay. Um, and then the big one, of course, is the cost of education. We all know medical school is so expensive. So when you're picking between which schools, you know, that's something that's really important to consider. You, can, I mean, this translates to owing a large amount of money and some schools you'll you'll uh, end up owing twice that amount of money by the time you're done for the same amount of years for four years as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Dr. Marina can attest, we have friends <laughs> that were in that boat, <laughs> Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just think about all these things. I think these are, I would say, some of the key things that you want to think about, all right? So mm -hmm. sharing my own personal experiences from the 12, because I did say, okay, I'm going to apply to 12 schools, so now which 12 schools? In my case, I only did MD schools, but I'm going to be honest with all of you guys. I didn't know about DO schools. I probably would have applied to some DO schools as well just to increase my chances for myself. I also wanted to live or be in a school that was within a diverse city. That was important for me. And then I knew I'm more of a city girl, not small town country. Midwest, no offense to anyone from the Midwest, <laughs> but I knew that was not somewhere where I would probably be happy compared to if I lived in the city. I did want to stay close to my family. I was okay getting on the airplane, flying out, but I wanted it to be where it wasn't too far away. So most of my schools were within the state of California because I am from Southern California. And the schools that I did venture out of state were in New York. And the reason being because my best friend lived there. So I knew if I had free time, I would be able to hang out with my friend. That's totally how I chose. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And that's very legitimate because medical school can be tough. And so having a support system is going to be really crucial to making it through and to just like, you know, being able to just unwind when you need to. <laughs> so yeah. having a, whether it's a friend, uh, extended family, direct family, that can be important. And it is 
important to many, many people applying to medical school. I would say that that's one of the things that has the biggest impact on where people choose to go if they do have a choice. If you get into multiple medical schools, often it's your family and friends and where they're located that really influences your final decision, although there are other factors as well. So Dr. Marina, did you get accepted to more than one medical school? I didn't. So it's just so Mm -hmm. you can share your perspective. And then how did you go about choosing which medical school you were going to go to? You know what? I was trying to remember the details about this. I think what happened was that I got my first acceptance to UC San Diego Mm -hmm. and I was still waiting to hear back. I had interviewed at like maybe four or five other schools And I was waiting at that point to hear back a final decision from them because some of my interviews ran late. Like I would say most of my interviews were in December and January. But once I knew that I had gotten into UCSD and that was one of my top choices because I'm also from Southern California and it was a great, great place for my husband to be, then (laughs) I just accepted that. I committed to UC San Diego and I withdrew myself from all of the other schools because I didn't want to like take a space that someone else wanted. And so I just went ahead and withdrew my application. So I never found out actually Mm -hmm. if I would have gotten into all of those other schools, but that was the right decision for me. I think I probably would have gotten into one or two of the other ones, but I really don't know. Okay. And if you did get into the other ones, would you have still chosen UCSD? Very possibly. I think I also interviewed at like USC, which is in Los Angeles, but there's not really a great marine biology program there. So there was one in New York, but like going to New York would have been just really far away and it would have been more costly to like fly home and visit my family for the holidays or during my time off and vacation. So I really wanted to stick to California if at all possible. So it ended up working perfectly. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I got waitlisted on on all of my um, interviews, so I Mm -hmm. didn't get an official yes, but from UCSD is the only one I heard back, but they accepted me under a conditional acceptance program saying you have to do this post-bec, and if you do well, then you are guaranteed admission. So that's how Mm -hmm. I ended up at UCSD, and then that's how I met Dr. Marina. (laughs) I know, and it worked out. It worked out for both of us, yeah. Uh So, you know, if you're you're one of the medical students or one of the pre-med students who gets accepted to more than one school, congratulations, (laughs) number Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, But two, just honestly, if you don't, you only get accepted to one, just remember any medical school is good because – whether you go to an MD, wherever it is, a deal, wherever it is, you're still going to be a doctor. And that's Mm -hmm. the point of it. Okay. But again, if you have more than one option, some of the things, and I think Dr. Marina already alluded to, but that you want to think about is just the location, right? So she was in a situation where she needed to be coastal because of her husband, and that's okay. You know, you go with whatever your family needs. Another biggie one is the, you know, once you have, okay, here I've been accepted, say, to like five schools, you want to look at the cost of education. Unfortunately, medical school is just gets more and more expensive, just like everything else within like university college setting. So you really want to look at that because you will need to eventually pay that back. Okay, it's not the only thing you focus on, but you do want to consider it. And along with that, you want to consider if the school has good financial aid support. That was a big thing for me as well. So how much aid they can give to you to help offset some of those costs will be important as well. 
Another thing that I didn't even like consider throughout the process, again, I was clueless. <laughs> I just knew I wanted to go to medical school, but the little pieces that I didn't even think about is some medical schools, you want to look at their curriculum, right? There's different teaching styles or some that are more lecture heavy. So you want to look at that and see what those schools have when you're making your decision. And then also their grading systems. Some schools are pass, no pass, and then there's some that actually give grades Sometimes with the medical schools where they're giving grades out, it can cause a little bit more of competitiveness among your peers, mm -hmm. where I feel if there's a pass, no pass, it's almost like we're on a team together to just pass regardless of the grade. I don't know. Do you feel that way, Dr. Marina? I think so. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of the medical schools have shifted to a pass, no pass, because they want to foster a greater culture of collaboration versus competition. And if you were a pre-med, then you know how competitive those pre-meds can get. It's a great, <laughs> a great system where everyone is super motivated and it has worked really hard to get to medical school. And then you put them all together in, you know, in this environment where now they're competing against each other that can just foster the wrong type of environment. So I'm really in favor of the pass, no pass, because then everyone is just trying to help each other pass, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. sure, if you get 90% of the questions or 80% of the questions right, yeah, you feel good about yourself, like, but it's not comparing yourself as much to other people and like, oh, they got an A and I got a C or a B, whatever. So I, I really like the pass, no pass system, but there are schools that still have a grading system. So just take that into consideration, like you said. Yeah. And then another thing as well, along the lines of the curriculum, pass, no pass, is, you know, it's hard, right? The lectures, the tests, the exams are hard. So there's a chance you might not do well on an exam or on a class. I know I struggled in certain courses within medical school. So I wish I would have known this ahead of time too, like a good question to ask as you're visiting these school campuses or if you're talking to anyone in, um, in the administration is asking them about academic support, right? For the students, like if you're struggling with something, do we have access to tutors there within the medical school? What's the environment like? What happens if I fail a course? Like what's what does what, what the medical school do to help support the student? That didn't even cross my mind, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, when I was applying to medical school. But retrospectively, it's such an important question to ask because I will say most students will fail a class or really struggle with it um, or even just an exam. Say they don't fail the class, but an exam. You want to know that you're supported um, and there's resources there for you to help you along the way as well. Would you agree, Dr. Marina? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I think a lot of students who enter medical school, the ones that got those high MCAT scores and the high GPAs, they won't struggle as much, but things can happen. I mean, maybe like one of your family members gets sick and yeah, you're a great test taker and you're, and you're on top of your stuff, but suddenly a personal event, a life event happens and it hits you and suddenly you can't study for your, you know, next exam. So you can fail a quiz, you can fail an exam. I think it is really important to even if you don't ask during your interview, mm -hmm. ask medical students what oh, yeah. the culture is like, right? It might be smarter to ask a medical student than maybe your interviewer because it can yeah. come across weird if you're asking that question, like, what happens if I fail? They might, I hope they don't think this, but some people might think, 
why are you asking about that? Are you worried that you're going to be one of those people? Should we be worried about accepting you? Right. So just be careful who you ask, but it's definitely something to investigate. Yeah. And if you're going to ask someone from the medical, it's after you've gotten your acceptance. Yeah. (laughs) Not before. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing you want to consider is just to see if the medical school, when you have your rotations, if it has built into the curriculum that they place you in rotations, there are some schools, and I know I've come across some DO schools where sometimes the student is on their own to try to find rotations. So it's not a deal breaker, but I mean, if you have more than one option in selecting schools, that's something that you can ask about and look into. It's just one less thing to stress about, basically. Um, For most medical schools, MDs, that's already, I think, unless unless you've heard of other medical schools, but at least MD medical schools, but most of them have the rotations built into it. But in case there's a program somewhere that you're looking into, just ask to make sure mm-hmm. because it, it can be stressful your third or fourth year if you have to be on your own to try to find rotations. Okay. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then being a underrepresented minority student. For me, it was also important. I mentioned before to be in a diversity, but some type of diversity in faculty and students was important for me. And I say that like with quotation marks because it's not diverse, but Mm -hmm. it was just nice to see someone that I can relate to across the campus, even if it's just a couple of people (laughs) Mm -hmm. or a couple of professors or whatever it might be. So that was an important thing. Uh It might not be important to other people, but for me, it was important. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. It was important to me as well. And I remember like one of our pediatrics faculty who I loved, she was a black woman and um, there were like a couple, I mean, I definitely looked for them and I noticed (laughs) them when they were there, like our, our black and brown professors professors because it just it's something like that even just happens on a subconscious level it's like this sigh of relief like oh there is someone else who kind of looks like me right (laughs) or who maybe has some like more similar life experiences to me but that is important and the field of medicine generally does not do a good job yet of having the diversity that reflects the population which is why we're doing all of this work in this podcast but some schools do a better job than others some schools talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And some schools do try their best to walk the walk, given the limitations of the physician workforce. 100% agree. And you won't know this until you go and just walk around the campus and talk to other students. That's when you really get the feel as well. You won't Mm -hmm. know just by the interview alone. So very important if this is something that's important to you. And then the other thing as well that you want to consider is, so what type of doctor do you want to be, right? So if you kind of already know that you're kind of going the gen med route, general medicine, primary care, or if you want to be a specialist or you want to have access to a more so competitive field or a combined MD or DO program or research being a physician scientist, you really need to look at a medical school that can foster this and that is known to help you get there, that it'll be a good stepping stone for it. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that's also very important specialty for, especially for those who want to go into a specialty and especially if it's a competitive specialty as well. So you do want to consider that as well. Mm -hmm. And then aside from that, also opportunities to make you a strong candidate for residency, right? So some schools will have these extra 
clinical experiences that you can do outside of just the medical school curriculum. Some medical schools have these special tracks, and then some really focus on community advocacy. So they'll have programs or they allow international experiences. Like something when I was um, looking at UCSD, I remember that I was really fond of is they had an American Sign Language program built into it. And I actually thought I was going to do that <laughs> just because my best friend is from the deaf culture. So I grew up around her deaf family. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, but, you know, of course, when I get there, then they had these other programs and you kind of start looking in to see like, okay, what kind of doctor do I want to be in the future? But it was nice that the medical school had all these different programs. So I ended up going to Kenya and being able to spend a whole summer there doing international medicine. So, But it is important for you to have access to these resources that's going to make you the doctor that you want to be. Because darn it, you work so hard to get there, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So oh, you yeah. want to make sure it's there and it's accessible. And, and then remember, 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 please, like, look at the mission of the school and see if it aligns with your own personal mission. If you haven't really set some time aside, just you as a person, sit down and really think about what your personal mission in life is. It's good to jot it down because it brings it up to the forefront. And then when you look at that, you can compare these medical schools if, okay, this is who I am. This is my personal mission which school is going to allow me to get there, right? And you will see those subtle differences when you actually sit down to really think about this. And I encourage you to, throughout life, as you evolve, think about your personal mission because it will evolve with time as well. And then that way you're happier doing what you want to do, okay? Mm -hmm. And then along those lines is, can you really see yourself there, right? Can you imagine... You're going to class, you're walking around that campus. Does that feel like where you see yourself? And you might not know that until after you get your acceptance letter, you go back and revisit the campus. And I didn't get to do this because of the way I got into medical school, but there is something called Second Look where they let people who've been accepted to come and just take a look on campus. Did you do that, Dr. Marina? Did you have a Mm -hmm. second look? I think I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I like that. If you can go, please, please go because. Uh, It just gives you a chance to actually meet in person with some of the faculty, with some of the medical students, have lunch with them, walk around campus, figure out what housing is going to be like, figure out what transportation and parking is going to be like, you know, see the academic medical center where you might be working. So it just really gives you kind of a great feeling of what it'll actually be like to be at the school. And I don't want any of you to ever accept a certain school and then you get there and you're just really disappointed because it's completely different than what you expected, right? So the second look days are really important and a great opportunity. So do them if you can, especially for the schools that you are strongly considering. All right. Before we wrap up, Dr. Marina, is there anything else that you think maybe I missed or something else that you would encourage students to think about before they give their final acceptance? Yeah, just, you know what, I like to be organized and I like to have a spreadsheet. So most of you, if you're applying to medical school, you'll have some sort of document. A spreadsheet is typical where you list all of the schools, you list all the dates when you submitted your primary, you submitted your secondary, you'll list whether you got an interview. And so you're tracking all of this for yourself. Just add some columns in there and rate all of the things for yourself. If you're more of a data person, 
lay it all out and like rank the school as like poor, good, or great on a lot of different things that we talked about. So um, the the location, the financial aid and cost, the diversity, how it aligns with your own personal goals, your student academic support, all of that. So you can have little columns where you rate and seeing it like that on a spreadsheet where you see the scores will help you to make a decision if you're more data driven, which a lot of us are. So it just helps to kind of lay it out and helps you to feel really good about the decision that you ultimately make. Well, I hope you found today's episode helpful and please feel free to reach out to us. You can email us and um, access us via our website, www.futureminoritydoctor.com, or you can even send us a message via social media and we'll try to answer some of those questions for you. And just remember, we are here for you. Bye everyone. Peace and love.